Courtside Club is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Do you feel underestimated when you go out on the mat? No, not anymore. I walk up to somebody, if we're about to go, they really try to rip my head off because if they don't, I'm going to do it to them. you guys i'm rachel namita and welcome to the courtside club today i'm joined by ncaa wrestler professional track athlete guinness book of world record holder and a motivational speaker newly zion clark welcome to the courtside club with it. thanks for having me <laughs> thank you so much for joining me i heard about your story a few years ago but it was only this week that i found out you were from ohio like how did i miss that portion of your story i don't know <laughs> that's kind of like, like that's kind of where all the things and all the magic was happening like for for a while yeah yeah it was it was awesome like being at kent state and everything it was really crazy actually so i saw i watched your netflix documentary the mm -hmm. short and i saw the maslin jersey and i said hold up i was like is there a maslin other places in the country that i don't <laughs> no, know about only, then i one. dug into it right <laughs> so ohio also i love having ohioans on the courtside club i have a super random question before we even get into it because i feel like only ohio people know this yeah. and i want to see if you know do you know what jojo's are Yes, listen, I love chicken and JoJo's. Those yes, are those are smack. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know, you, you, you ever went to Krause's Pizza? No, I haven't. Uh, anytime you're back in Ohio, go to Krause's Pizza. They have JoJo's there? Yeah, they're fire. You no, know, when I was a kid, we would always get chicken and JoJo's or pizza and JoJo's. But so explain to the courtside club fan because nobody's going to know what JoJo's are unless they're from Ohio. JoJo's are practically potato wedges. <laughs> Pretty much. But they're really But they're good. like really crispy potato wedges. They're so good. Yeah. Anyway, your story is so inspiring and super dope. You're an athlete on so many angles. Um, you were born with a very rare what what what, what is it even called? Oh, uh, it's called uh caudal regression syndrome. Yeah, which yeah. affects one in one hundred thousand people. Yeah. Looking back to how you grew up not only what you're doing now as an athlete, but how you grow up is so inspiring because you were in foster homes. Mm -hmm. You moved around a lot. What was that like? T tell tell our courtside fam your backstory. Uh, you know, I, I grew up through the foster care system and it was challenging. You know, there was a lot of things going on from school life to from bullying all the way to being out in the street and being in different homes. Uh, throughout a span of 17 years, you know, I, I, every couple of years or every other year, sometimes it was two back to back years, you'd be like placed in a different home. So like you got to readjust a lot, readjust a lot, readjust a lot. And each place, you know, new people, new, new ways of thinking, new different, uh, different styles of parenting. And, you know, sometimes they didn't always work for certain kids, you know, each, each kid that's through the system, they're all different. Yeah. Just like everybody in this room is all different, you know, and uh, I made for uh, a lot of uh, trauma, I guess, uh, coming up. And as I um, as I got older, you know, I learned to just learn from it. You know, use those experiences, especially with uh, the family I got adopted into, uh, and was able to use them. And they were able to help me to really get a hold of my own life and do what I really wanted to do. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's a driving force in my life, but I would say it definitely was a big part given I'm only 24. So a lot of it was not too long ago. 
I mean, being a kid is hard enough without all of those things. So mm-hmm. when you did get to your family, who your mom, I've seen her in interviews with yeah. you now, and you call her your mom. Yeah. What was that like? What did she instill in you that was maybe different than these these other people that you were growing up with? Man, that was my mom. She she's one of a kind. So when she took me in, uh, I was really hard headed. I had seen just I had enough. I'd seen the worst. Uh, I was just pretty much done with everybody and everything. You know, if something made me mad, I'd tell you about yourself. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't be nice about it. And it was just I had this whole like gray cloud of dark energy yeah. just over me all the time. And she started just kind of working with me in different ways, you know, instead of like screaming at me or taking away food and stuff like that. It was just like a conversation. And nobody ever like for 17 years, nobody ever actually just sat down and talked to me and let me let like let me tell you exactly how I think about what's been going on. That was definitely a different change of pace. And after that, I started getting comfortable. And like that's one thing I I didn't really I wasn't used to either, like uh, being comfortable, you know, being able to just relax and let your guard down. My guard was constantly up at all times. Like you wouldn't be able to sneak up on me. Like that's how hard my guard, like big my guard was up all the time. And my mom really just kind of cooled me down. And then right. once I was cooled down, I was able to focus and then became like a, a multiple time track state champ and all these other cool things. So how did the sports start? Because, okay, wrestling, you're you're known for that. Mm-hmm. You were state runner up, right, at Maslin? Uh, no, actually, I didn't even make it to states, but I got a scholarship to Kent State. Okay. That's just how vicious the bracket was to get there. Yeah, I, I was uh, going through like sectionals and districts. Sectionals, I ended up getting third place and uh, was able to get in, you know, but my match just to like to get to third place when the triple overtime sudden death um that's the that's the yeah the match yeah. that was featured yeah yeah definitely never gonna forget that one i remember after i won i jumped a good like i don't think i've ever been like had so much adrenaline running through my body i remember i jumped like this high off the ground and my coach caught me yeah it, it was super lit <laughs> talk about your your coach for a minute because when i was watching the the netflix doc mm-hmm. he got so emotional just like being in that ride with you and cared about you that much. What was your guys' relationship like? Well, I met the man and his twin brother when I was like five, six years old. Really? Yeah. How? Gil Gil and Greg Donahue, those guys really mean everything to me. They've both been a huge contributor in me being a wrestler. My styles of wrestling, I learned from them. Yeah. Uh, But uh, uh, Coach uh, Greg, uh, he was my coach when I was at North Canton because that's where I started wrestling was North Canton. You know, you know, like Hoover High School. Yeah, yeah, you know, Hoover. Like, yeah, yeah, that's where I started my wrestling. The black and black and black orange. And black and Both orange. of your teams are yeah, black and orange. Yeah, yeah. Hoover and Maslin never had to change my clothes. Right. <laughs> uh, but it was like I don't know. He just was really invested. He gave me a flyer. He was my art teacher in second grade. He gave me a flyer, the very beginning of the year and told me i should try out for youth wrestling i don't know why he told me i didn't i didn't i had no idea i i was constantly in my wheelchair every day i never really got out and if i did i was on the playground but wrestling never skipped never crossed my mind and he just kind of gave me the ideas i took home to my foster mom at the time and uh surprisingly after being told no for a lot of things all the time 
the wrestling was a quick yes and i was just like oh, oh wow. sweet okay so i got really excited i got to go do something and um i remember he would just work with me every day and then i went to Maslin. And I just found this out like two years ago, but he had called his twin. So they're twin, they're identical twins, by the way. Okay. So he had called his twin brother, Gil, who was the head coach of Maslin, uh, one student that transferred school districts and was like, hey, I got this kid. Oh, okay. Uh, he was yeah. like, told him all about me. He said, he's really good friends. He's really good friends with your son, who's, uh, who's Jake, uh, Gil's, uh, Gil's son, my, one of my best friends. He's like, he's really good friends with Jake. Uh, definitely like help them out we'll put our heads together and i was like i didn't know any of this so for the next 10 years they were like putting their heads together without my knowledge trying to help me develop a style of wrestling and by the yeah. time i turned 17 18 they finally started to like shine through and i was finally able to like figure out break down what exact movements i needed to do to execute my moves and score some points well, yeah, I was going to say, because it has to be a brand new strategy for them. Mm -hmm. They're geniuses. They really developed a whole new style of wrestling just for me. Right. I didn't develop that. When I started, when they, when I first started doing well in high school, that wasn't me developing my own style, partially me, mm -hmm. but all the genius was that. Okay. So, so talk about that a little bit, if you could get technical with me. Yeah. So wrestling is a full body sport. Mm -hmm. You were born without legs. So what is that extra challenge to only be able to use because you're pinning people yeah how did you how did we even start practicing that was it was it strength first was it technique first or is it the perfect mix of both i mean i was always strong i just didn't have good technique okay and honestly when i first pinned somebody i kind of did it by accident i fell into a move i've never hit before so then i remembered it and started yeah. drilling it non-stop when i still hit the same thing to this day it's awesome it's yeah. called a, it's called a tilt but it's like mine is like a modified unorthodox tilt. Okay. Because like you gotta get like a seatbelt, grip the arm, and then you make sure their body's kind of crumpled up, and you just take. Usually you just grab the elbow, and this is like kind of go over. But my thing, I go under the leg, behind your leg, grab your ankle, and then pull your ankle up to your wrist, and then lock them both down, and then I will come down. Huh. <laughs> yeah. That feels like math to me. Yeah. No, it's really technical. <laughs> But, like uh, my brain's having a hard time processing this <laughs> no but that's dope so and, yeah no they really like like i hit it in a match that i lost but i scored i scored like two points yeah you know so those two points really helped me like develop a whole style and once i figured out what I, my strong suits were i found out when it came to starting in the top position i had i was strong enough to put up put up uh put up enough pressure to like collapse and do what i want and I was also like strength training and speed training. So all that played into that. Yeah. You know, you talked about in, in one of your interviews that you actually don't even enjoy lifting necessarily. Uh, I, I can't stand it. <laughs> Wait, I, but that that's hard for me to understand because I see you like hitting PRs and doing all of this training that looks so dope. So you basically just like the performance element. Yeah. All my training is performance based. Okay. You know, I mean, not saying that like once I retire, I'm going to become really fat, but like <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to obviously keep my body healthy. But, you know, my stuff comes more in the actual technique of doing the action, especially when it comes to stuff like fighting and uh, wrestling, because like here's the thing. I could be the strongest guy in the room and get 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 my ass kicked by the smallest guy, you know, that's way smaller, way weaker just because he has better technique. So, yeah. I learned a long time ago that the strength strength doesn't matter when you're fighting. Okay. It's the technique and 
uh, placement of what, if you're fighting, where your fists go, where your attacks go, where your submissions go, when you go to execute or when you're wrestling, where your shots go, where your head position is, what the angle of his feet are, is, depending where you can like ankle pick him or snap his head down, you know, so. Yeah. Like it's real, it's, it's real technical. <laughs> so how did you transition into track? I watched my sister uh, win a state title and break the state record in long jump with a torn MCO. Wow. So yeah. your whole your whole family is a no excuses family. It yeah, seems. <laughs> no, no. It was, it was it was crazy. Like yeah. my sister won a state title and then the year after I won two state titles. So then you walk into my school, you walk if you walked into Maslin High School right now on the big like champion board, Maslin only has twelve state champions. Okay. So me and my sister are one of the twelve. Amazing. So my name is right next to hers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's awesome. Amazing. Football season is here and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great NFL ticket prices, they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of the 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. So how did the, the Guinness World Record come about? That was, what year was that? A year and a half ago. Okay. So how did that come about? Which world record do you hold? I hold the world record for being the fastest man on two hands. What is the distance? What's the 20 time? meters and uh, four points, four point seven seconds. Four point seven seconds. Yeah. Like, how did you even know to? I'm like, okay, this is a this is a record I want to break. Shoot, I was I was just filming content at Redondo Beach at this high school football field with the Real Deal Squad and Craig and all the homies. And uh, I was like, I asked the videographer, I was like, Yo, man. I want to record this video of me running because I was like working on sprints, like, yeah. you know, conditioning stuff. And he was like, yeah. So like he sprinted right next to me as I took off. And next thing you know, we got hit up by Guinness. That was dope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like, hold on a sec. Can we come and film you and time you? Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. then next thing you know, I'm in, I did, I'm at Ma I'm in Maslin, Ohio, uh, inside the indoor football facility, breaking a world record. Cool. I'm setting a world record. Has there been anything that you, you haven't tried yet athletically, sports or just things that you want to tackle? I mean, I'm already tackling uh, MMA right now. I got myself a first pro level fight uh, October 29th. Uh, looking for the opponent right now. Uh, but as soon as they got one, promotions go out. Cool. And uh, somebody's getting knocked out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there anybody that's like on your your hit list not yet i want to i want to i want to see how i feel in there okay get to know who i'm up against and then i'll start knocking heads and calling names. who's in the combat world is like your training goal or somebody that you'd love to work out with i mean i've kind of done mostly what i wanted to really <laughs> yeah. like who like who uh, i got to train with anderson silva um we're actually uh, really good friends with him and his family mike perry I work, I train with Rampage Jackson every day down in Long Beach currently. That's where you came from, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've trained with Chris Cyborg. You know, like I've learned from a lot of people. Yeah. Has there been anything that like stood out to you of advice or tips when you're with these people that, you know, 
some fans like us wouldn't know. Blocking punches is a lot more simpler than you think. Huh. Yeah. It's all. It's more about like if someone throws a straight punch, everybody's thinking you got to put your hands up like this, but literally you can still guard right here and defend right here by just doing a simple. Okay. It's easy. So it's basically just like simplifying your movements. Yes. So then you're not wasting the energy yeah. of doing that also. Because your body needs a constant flow of oxygen. If you're doing useless stuff, that's just exercising yourself more just to get to the same goal as something you could do in a more simpler way. You're losing, like you're losing energy. And here's the thing, after so long, your body is like really trying to pull in oxygen. And the less oxygen you have, less oxygen, less action. No oxygen, no action. So what does a typical training day look like for you? Well, I get there. Somebody probably punches me in the back of the head because I think they're funny. Uh, talk to coach. Then we uh, start our warm-ups, start running. Then we start drilling. And then we keep drilling. What is drilling? We drill striking. We drill okay. uh, grappling. We drill wrestling. And sometimes it's like we drill all of those and not a spar, but like we have we can only do certain things like today. Um, our uh, like semi live goes before like our full sparring at the very end was like uh, guy A could only a guy A can be on a full attack, but the guy in defense, we can only counter. Oh, so, so we can't yeah, throw yeah. shots back okay. just because we think he's open. Yeah. So we like he like it's some, like somebody's constantly pressuring us, and we just gotta defend and count, defend and count. Whatever okay. they throw, they throw an uppercut, stop it, count. You know what I mean? Like, but like you don't know what it is because we're not told to do a certain thing. Yeah. We're told throw. Somebody throws punches. Somebody counters. Yeah. You know, and it's it make it keeps it's like it's a good type of training because the uh, probability of something being completely uncertain is at a hundred percent all the time when you're fighting because you can't read that person's mind. You can read yeah. their body movements to a certain degree if you really pay attention, but like that only goes so far too. So you just gotta be ready for the unpredictable. I do wanna dive deeper into your story, but I do wanna take a halftime break yeah. if you're down with that. Absolutely. Okay, since we're both from Ohio, I felt like it would be fun to do a start bench cut Ohio edition. First, we have Ohio athletes. So athletes from Ohio, right. we have LeBron, of course. We have Russell Wilson and Simone Biles. Yeah. Start bench cut. Obviously I'm starting LeBron. Okay, start oh. LeBron. And then I'm benching Simone Biles. Okay, and I'm cutting. good call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Russell. Yeah. Sorry, two. he didn't do this too well in football the last couple of years. We have two goats <laughs> uh, on our team. Okay, Ohio music artists. Okay. We have Kid Cudi, mm -hmm. John Legend, and Bone Thugs. Bone. You're like kind of young for them, I feel like. I got a uh, like a small connection to Bone Thugs a little bit. Uh, but uh, huh. no, nah, uh, my uh, other, my old manager, my other manager, Tony Marinozzi, was like real good friends with, uh, you know, they're an older crowd. Yeah. Yeah, so like real good friends with their managers and stuff. So I sat down and had like this big, Nice lunch. I okay. got invited to the Cleveland Brown Steelers game that I couldn't go to because I was giving a speech in Columbus. Mm. Uh, but no, they released they um they made the new song for the Cleveland Browns. Oh no! Yeah, the new intro song. So I got I have it on a little like uh, Cleveland Browns wrist wristband hard drive that says Bone Thugs on it. Then it says Dog Pound on the other oh, side. Okay, so yeah. so where do you have them? 
So Wait, I'm probably starting. So we're going to start yeah, Bone yeah. Thugs? Cool. Okay. We used to like run out to their music in high school. Yeah, that was <laughs> <Yeah>. lit. <laughs> you know? Okay, so Kid Cudi and John Legend. Benson Kid Cudi's uh cutting john legend okay yeah honestly that's what i would do too yeah i mean john legend's talented but he is but he's okay it's an acquired it. taste yeah. in music i feel like <laughs> yeah i don't want to feel sad <laughs> okay football teams okay. ohio state browns and the Bengals. so unfair i'm from maslin we're connected to all of them like, i know <laughs> i know <laughs> that's so unfair i know uh that's a hard one <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, who are we starting? We'll start with that. We're starting. I think we're gonna start. We're gonna start the Browns. Start the Browns. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll take. No, I'm from Akron. I was cheering for the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say the Bengals because like Paul Brown created Bengals and stuff like that, and like I like the Bengals up until recently. For the last like 50 to 100 years, their stadium was named Paul Brown Tiger Stadium, just like Maslow. Yeah. Yeah. So like it was really cool. So I was about to be like, eh, well, I can't. I'm gonna bench the Bengals and cut the Ohio State. Oh, you're cutting? Okay. Yeah. Just because you went to Kent? No, I just like the Bengals. Okay. A lot too. <laughs> so Browns and Bengals. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have another good luck streak. With I tweeted. I said this is the year for the Ohio Brown, sports the teams. The Browns won their first game. I know. Like yeah. I was amped up about <laughs> Me it. Me too. And the Bengals lost in overtime. Yeah, I don't care. I don't <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, LeBron, like, I'm, I'm from Kent. I grew up in Kent. Yeah. I, I went to the Cleveland Browns game when they were like a dollar a ticket when they went 0-16. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it's rough for us Ohio sports fans. Yeah. You know, we've been <laughs> those through were, the Those were trying times. <laughs> okay. And last but not least, this is kind of a wild card, but I have Ohio celebrities. So we have Holly Berry. We have Dave Chappelle. And we have Thomas Edison. I'll think wisely. I'm starting Dave Chappelle. Okay, we're gonna uh, start he's him. Super, super, super funny. Um, Benching, Benching, Holly Berry, cutting Thomas Edison. I heard so that he actually. I heard that lights. he actually. I heard that he actually stole the idea for the light bulb. Somebody else created it, but then he put his name on it. So you that, think? I think that's like factual too. So you think even if you cut him, then the other person would have still invented? Yeah, the we light still bulb? have lights. You think <laughs> we still have it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. You know, I tried to throw your wild card, but no, nope, I'm on point. <laughs> All right. Well, I like that. Start bench cut. Yeah, that was fun. Time for the second half. <laughs> All right, people, we're brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odd boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself. You bet you get with Caesars Rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesars Rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app, become a Caesars Rewards member today, and get more with every win. Wager. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. So you've gotten into motivational speaking now. Tell me how that started and what have been some highlights for you. Dude, I was a sophomore at Kent. I had a really good freshman year. Uh, and I was, uh, you know, I was your typical Kent State wrestler partying and going to class and study table. Uh, so I was in architecture and then the athletic director pulled me out 
take me to his office, set a stack of papers down in front of me. And uh, I thought I was getting kicked out of school on, some, on the most realist thing. Like, because like on that weekend before the cops just got called to my, to our wrestling house. Okay. Because it was just, because it, it was just way too wild. <laughs> And then our coach found out, and like every, it was it, it was a, it was a big ordeal that was going on like that week. Mm-hmm. So then he get called to the office and have a stack of papers in front of me. I was just like sweating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, he told me to open it, and it turns out all these Syrian kids had wrote me these letters, and um, they were in like a really small school in Akron, actually. Uh, like a makeshift school they were refugees uh that were uh-huh. sent sent out here yeah, yeah it was like during like that time a couple uh-huh. years ago and uh they had watched my documentary got really inspired you know i was in college the documentary was out at that point but like i was really just like i don't know i'm in college i was trying to win still you know fo- focused on like what i got to do waking up at 5 a.m going to practice right. you're student athlete yeah yeah doing all this doing that living the life yeah and um it just kind of brought me back down to earth real quick you know i was kind of like i was honestly i was kind of on my high horse and it really humbled me uh just to realize like understand what these kids are going through like their parents had sent them over to the united states just so like they'd escape the war so they'd have a chance to live you know and it was uh like when when stuff like that's going on it puts things in real perspective yeah so then i asked them what i could do uh and to speak like to do for these kids i didn't i've never even spoke before and at that time i was failing public speaking like for real, like I didn't <laughs> yeah. even know. Like I'm thinking in the back of my head, what the hell are you doing, dude? Why are yeah. you asking to speak to these kids? You're failing the same class of something you want to do. Like, but I was just, I, I was just like adamant. I was like, yeah. what can I do? Like, can I go give them shirts? Can I take some of my scholarship money? Maybe like help, like so Kent State can make them something. Like I was wondering, I was thinking of like anything I could do, because mm-hmm. like I might have had all the success, I was still broke. Uh, so but we didn't have nil. Or maybe did you to where you could make money? Oh no, no, no. that was like a year after That's I was going. Saying, yeah, yeah so stupid. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know how much money I could have made being at Kent State. <laughs> oh my god, I was so lit when I was there. Yeah, like you, you logged into the student portal, and my face was the first thing you saw <laughs> with my headgear on, just mossing some cat. Yeah, you know, and it was there like two years straight. They had shirts, we- Clark, one twenty five. That you could get in the school store. I never saw a dime. I was yeah. so upset. I was like, this is so stupid. We need, and like, I still got a shirt, too. We need, like, NIL reimbursements for when we were in college. Yeah, right? I know. Listen, make that a thing. I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to start a campaign? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but so, anyway, sorry. It was uh, just everything that was going on. Like, it was just I just, I was an athlete. Um, I ended up uh, getting, uh, you know, BSN Sports out in Ohio. Uh, the athletic, TV, yeah. yeah, they they uh, athletic director reached out to them, told them what was going on, and like you know, it was kind of helped that I was like I was like the newly recent dude on like Netflix. I was blowing up across the world, you know. So they're like, we got this guy, and they're like, oh. So then, boom, got them all shirts. This little girl made a design, and um, it said "Be Design," but it was like her drawing with like the Kent oh, cool. State colors. Yeah, that's dope. A little like a little eagle, like you know, kid eagle that she drew. Yeah. Yeah, so I like it really. I was like, this is this this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Then you spoke to them after. Yeah, I had a I made a, did a surprise visit. Cool. Now it ended up getting recorded by like Fox Eight News and all this other stuff. I didn't know that was happening. I was literally purely excited to see these kids, you know. And I like I, I peeked around the corner. I was like, 
uh, yeah it was so fun yeah <laughs> so how, how do you go about like did you have a speech ready or is this just Absolutely something where you not. just, I just tell wanted, your story i wanted to tell those kids thank you for writing me letters that's literally okay. why i was there i heard you talk about in another interview that you're like okay i'm different but this is all i've ever known and yeah. you don't make excuses but there are so many people and like myself being one of them like I make excuses or like feel bad for myself yeah. or do it like all the time. So how, like who instilled that in you to really kind of believe in yourself and really go after anything that you wanted? Was that just you? That was uh, Percy McGee, the assistant wrestling coach at Massillon yeah. at the time because he was, he was terrifying. <laughs> I remember uh, this man wouldn't let us leave the wrestling room one night. One night. The parents are outside, wouldn't let us leave. Because we weren't like getting the time sprints right. Mm. So we were just sprinting. We had to get down and back across the wrestling room in five seconds. Yeah. Or we had to keep going. Yeah. And if the heavyweight didn't make it, man, remember. We have one person in the team doesn't make it. It's the same with basketball. Yeah. yeah. And the heavyweight, he's the biggest, lowest guy on the team. 285 pounds. Down and back, five seconds. But like, listen, he got that done. One, He had this one push. Dude was flying, floating. And we all got to go home. Yeah, but like it's brutal. You know, like wrestling is brutal. Like you would think, like if you are, like you should, like you got kids, you have youth kids that are like, like crying in practice because mm -hmm. like they got dropped, and then the coach is just screaming at them. Yeah, because like wrestling is like wrestling. If you're in a match against, if you're at a, at the college national championship in a match and you get upset, the other guy's just gonna beat you even more. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you gotta instill that toughness so early on. So like sometimes it's tough watching these kids cry. But I'm like, ah, get get up, you're fine. <laughs> so so that seems to be the coaching style that like pushes your buttons because that was oh, the same. Yeah, no, like he'd really be like on me every time. Like I was making some sort of mistake, and like he yeah. meant well. Like shoot, I just saw him last time. I went back home a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and um, like he's always he always pushed me like to that ex next level. I remember I remember the day it was sectionals, the sectional championships to get the districts. And I lost my semifinal match. And he took me and my boy Kyle, who had also lost his semifinal match, and our boy Noah, who also lost his semifinal match, all into the locker room and, like, slammed each one of us on the locker and, like, told us, like, if you don't get this job done, yeah, we've been together. We've been working all of it. Because, like, I've, we, I've known him since him and, like, the Donna Hughes and all of them for a long time. He's like, if you guys don't come through on this, don't ever talk to me. And uh, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, yeah, no, it was scary. Yeah, it was terrifying. Like me and my boys were looking at each other, like, <laughs> like we should, we should go out there and we should go out there and wrestle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we should get this done. <laughs> yeah, so, and then we all won and we all made it to districts. Let's do. Yeah, I have, I have a story that I've, I've told multiple times, but I feel like it was really kind of a turning point in my life. Mm -hmm. So I was a, a freshman who played on varsity and I played a significant amount of minutes. I started some games and we were a really good team. Mm -hmm. Barbara and girls basketball, we were good. <laughs> yeah. was there. Um, but my coaches were really, really tough on me. And like the girls bullied me and I was, I was like crying. Like I leave practice pretty much every night in tears and like upset because they were so tough on me. I'd miss a shot and I would get reamed out. Another girl would miss a shot and they were like, you know, whatever. And so I scheduled a meeting with my coaches and I was like, you know, I'm just like having a hard time. Like you guys are really like tough on me. It seems unfair, this and that. 
And my coaches, like, they looked me straight in the eye and they said, well, Rachel, you can get thick skin or we can put you on JV. Like, just let us know what you want to like, do. Oh, my God. I was like, you're ruthless. <laughs> right? And, and, but it was at that moment that I was like, okay, I just have to toughen up. Yeah, because, you just got to do the job. Right. I was like, I was the only freshman playing on varsity. Like, and they were hard on me because they knew there was more in me that I could give. You know, they, they really believed in me. And so they took that route. Yeah. Do you feel underestimated when you go out on the mat against your opponents? No, not anymore. Um, I used to because cats didn't used to like really know me yet. Mm -hmm. But I started making waves throughout the world in sport of wrestling and martial arts. Now, I walk up to somebody. If we're about to go, they really try to rip my head off because if they don't, I'm going to do it to them. Yeah. And that's that's just like that's that mentality of. Listen, I'm here now, and you're like, whether you want me to be here or not, I'm here, you know, and either you, you knock for your buck. <laughs> is that is that your life motto? Like, what is your life motto? Well, my life motto is no excuses. Okay. You know, I live that to the fullest, but at the same time, I really love to fight, and I really enjoy wrestling. Yeah. And I'm pretty decent at both, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. I would say so. It's like no excuses, but that mentality is what keeps me driving when I'm fighting, I get punched in the face, I smile. When I'm getting choked out, I relax. You know what I mean? Because sometimes that's what you, just, that's what you need to do. You know? And sometimes when you're getting choked out, if actually if you relax, it's easier to get away than if you're fighting. Most holds in MMA, the more you try to resist, the tighter things are gonna get. Do you know it's actually a trick for your brain? Like you said, when you get punched in the face, you smile. So you know how there are some times when you get hurt, I don't know if this applies to you, but it applies to me, where I laugh and I don't understand why I'm laughing, but it's actually a good thing because then your brain doesn't associate the pain with like such a negative emotion. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I, I, so sometimes <laughs> I associate pain with anger, but that's like, you gotta learn how to control it but if and you, use it. Wouldn't know? that be hilarious though? You get punched in the face, you start laughing? No, I've, I've sometimes there have been times where I've been like, bam, like, ha. I was like, <laughs> like, cause it hurt. Yeah. But I'd be like, nice shot. You know right. what I mean? I'm gonna give you your kudos and I'm gonna punch you in the mouth. <laughs> and then we're gonna just keep this thing going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's how that's a, that's that's fighting. So what's on the horizon for you? What's next? What are your Shoot, goals? My right one now? of my main focuses is this fight. Okay. October 29th. Uh been like just really dialing in, getting my stuff like getting my technique down. Because like when it comes to a fight, you gotta be ready. Like people like there's like so many there's only so many different things you can do to defend a certain move, but you gotta learn all those things. Right. So you can be ready if someone decides to counter one way, you can attack a different way. If they counter that, go to the third way. And if you don't get that, go back to the first one. Right. You have an idea that you could possibly work, do it. Yeah, it's a playbook in a sense, but it's like a reactive playbook. You know, you yeah, have all like these things playbook, in your arsenal, yeah. but you need to know you 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 don't know what's gonna come at you. Yeah. So you gotta be ready with yeah. everything that you got. But yeah, no, nah, it's awesome. Fighting is definitely something I see myself doing for the next ten years or so. That's so yeah. So we're reaching the end of the game. I have some buzzer beaters for you. Mm -hmm. Describe your ideal courtside food and drink combination. A Modelo, uh, some pretzels, Twizzlers, and popcorn. I'll take it. Yeah. Who was one person dead or alive that you would love to sit courtside with? LeBron James. I'll take that. Is he the go? I was going to ask you, to you as an Ohioan. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think one of the youngest ever in the NBA to be at the world, be at the finals. 
for like his first like first couple seasons ever yeah. in the NBA, yeah. leading his team. Yeah. At that, you're 18 years old leading an NBA team to a chip, trying to lead them to a championship, and having a lot of success on the way there at that too. You know that. What 18 year old you see doing that right now? None. Even like, and I know they changed the rule, but yeah. okay, what 21 year old do you see doing that now? Or 20 year old do you see doing that? None. Yeah. Yeah. And we grew up in that area too, so we were able to witness it like from oh, the high school. Like, like on. Being, being growing up having LeBron mainly in Cleveland all the time, that's like a, that was like a huge flex for me. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> everybody talking about like their favorite team when I'm somewhere else at a wrestling meet, talking to other wrestlers, like, bro, you know, I'm from Canton, bro. Cleveland's only an hour, hour away. We got LeBron James, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. For real. And he and he is, to me, in the go on every right. Uh, he might not have as many rings, but he's got the stats and the the numbers mm-hmm. over consecutive counting years. And he says he wants to play until Bryce is there, too, which is insane. That'll be, a, that'll be amazing. We'll see if it happens. Imagine LeBron James on the team with LeBron James. With Bryce James. <laughs> <laughs> With LeBron, Brownie, and Bryce. And what is one event in history that you would have loved to have been courtside for? Watching Jesse Owens break the 100-meter record at the Olympic Games in Nazi Germany back in the day. In front of Hitler and Thanks. being a black you, man doing it. Were you prepared for this interview? That was the quickest. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. That's one of my things I, I always think about. Because like, I'm a track athlete. I, I won my state title at, at Jesse Owens Stadium. That's dope. And I have a picture of me with hell of medals. Yeah. Just like Jesse Owens did when he won. Yeah. Like, he's from track and field. I've, I've read into him a lot and looked up, still look up to him a lot. He is a GOAT in every sense. So where can our Courtside Club audience find you on socials and... The fight, obviously, October 29th. We'll stay on the lookout for that. Uh, for the fight, look for the promotion here the next week or so. Uh, social media, Instagram is BigZ97. Facebook is just me, Zion Clark. Uh, Snapchat is Big uh, underscore Z1997. Twitter is BigZ. Uh, TikTok is Big Z. No excuses. Zion, thank you so much for coming on the Courtside Club. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.